Welcome to part two about bed bugs, and we're going to move on now to start talking about feeding and hiding. These parasites, known as bed bugs, like to get your blood in a hit and run pattern. They will bite you, and then they will retreat back to a hiding space. Not their fault, that's just who they are. As one bed bug I interviewed named Tupac said, I didn't choose the bug life, the bug life chose me. They are fond of you and want to live near where you will be on a regular and predictable basis. Therefore, you can usually find them living within about five feet of where they feed on you. If it is indeed a bed that you are getting fed on, the most likely order of where you will find these hiding creatures is in the box spring, and then the mattress, and then the bed frame or headboard. But they also could be living in a crevice in the wall or in bedding or curtains, behind an electrical outlet, or even a wallpaper seam. So you need to keep all possibilities near that bed in mind. Again, the bigger point is they need to live close by to where you are getting bit. Look within five feet at every spot from where the bites are happening. Now it's too bad bed bugs aren't as easy to find as spiders, who at least leave a web as a sign they are around. Which do you think spends more time on the web, by the way, spiders or humans? There is a good possibility that you are listening to me on the web right now. And if you think about that, that's the beauty of all this, because you think I'm a doctor, but really, I could be a talking German shepherd that has evolved a lot. But even though bed bugs don't have webs, there's actually a sign of bed bugs you can look for. Sometimes one of the first things one might notice on an initial search is pepper specks. That is not from your spouse eating something with pepper in bed. Oh, okay, maybe it is, I don't know. Spouses come in all varieties, and I'm sorry if your spouse does that because that would be super annoying. I mean, after millions of years of evolution, it is remarkable how much of a disappointment some people turn out to be, but most likely it's not pepper that you see in your bed and you are actually seeing bed bug feces. So keep that in mind if you see pepper that shouldn't be there in your bed. Now, after the eggs of a bed bug hatch, they start their life cycle. And once they go through their five nymph stages and make it into adulthood, a big problem arises in terms of how hardy these bugs can be. Because on occasion, it has been noted that an adult bed bug can survive for up to a year without feeding. Now that is a long time. Now think about how many comments we humans have to apologize for when we say things when we are hungry and how annoying it must be to be around someone like me if I just even miss lunch. WTF. If I didn't have kids, I'd have always thought that WTF means where's the food, but I know it means something different. Well, anyway, usually bed bugs, they survive about two to three months without feeding. They can live up to a year, but usually about two to three months without feeding. And as I said, can be longer, particularly in colder climates, when their metabolism slows down. But two to three months, that is still a long time. So even if you leave for a vacation, and you go on a month-long summer vacation, 
they will survive and be waiting to welcome you when you come back. And when they do feed on you, each feeding that they do lasts about five to 10 minutes. Now here is the interesting question that raises some other questions that really are not totally answered, but I'll ask it anyways. If bed bugs suck on blood, do they carry blood-borne pathogens? And the answer is yes, but mostly no. Not trying to confuse you like news commentators, but there is nuance to explain here. There has been bed bugs found to have things like MRSA, VRE, hepatitis B, and even trypanosoma cruzii, which causes Chagas disease. So the more important question then becomes, if they carry these things, can they then pass them on? Now, the bed bug experts say it is extremely rare that bed bugs transmit these diseases and that bed bugs are likely very poor vectors for disease, but it's not theoretically impossible. See, they don't seem to be good injectors of blood. They suck on your blood, but they don't seem to be good injectors, and therefore they are poor injectors of pathogens back into their biting victims. But again, I don't think we are at the point to say exactly how rare such transmission is. Again, we have to rely on the experts studying this stuff who so far believe it is a very rare event that bed bugs are disease vectors. Of course, if you carry something like MRSA, you could scratch yourself into an MRSA cellulitis, you know, really bad infection of the skin. And I have seen cases of people with both bed bug and other types of bites excoriate themselves so deeply they do develop skin infections. Apparently, pediatricians see this much more with even just mosquito bites, but I've seen it in adults as well. So topics like this make one wonder. Occasionally you hear of cases of blood-borne diseases where people swear that they had none of the known risk factors. So they tell you, listen, doc, I did not have any blood transfusions in my life. I have, you know, n never had unsafe sex, no IV drug use, and we are tempted to think the person must have done something they don't want to confess to. But if you think about things like bed bugs, and then you start adding in all the other stuff that can happen, you know, not well sterilized colonoscopes, surgical centers and dental practices who inadvertently reused a needle that was never discovered, and lots of our stuff that hopefully is very rare but does go on out there, I'm sure some of these poor souls saying they have no idea how they caught a disease are telling us the truth. But so far when it comes to bed bugs, I am not aware of a definitively proven case of a blood-borne virus or bacteria infecting a human from a bed bug bite with the exception of people who scratch themselves into an infection. Therefore, if bed bugs do spread disease, they appear to be a very minor player. So with that knowledge where it is, I will take a bed bug bite over a colonoscope that hasn't been well sterilized any day. Now, skin manifestations. These can be varied. The bites themselves rarely hurt and therefore are rarely immediately noticed. The skin reaction might be noticed upon wakening, but oftentimes the reactions are delayed several days, or at least several hours, but often several days. And the manifestations can range from bullae to wheels to papules to macules. And of course, 
Some people living in infested rooms are totally and completely asymptomatic. They simply don't develop skin concerns after bed bug bites. Now, the most common skin manifestation is a wheel with a central hemorrhagic punctum. Now, punctum means point. Lots of little bites in a row is a common thing to see. Therefore, a series of red bump rashes that show up on different parts of the body at different times particularly requires a consideration of bed bugs as an etiology. But when these bites do present to doctors, it is always a dilemma to diagnose because the diagnosis requires finding the bugs, which luckily are rarely going to actually be on the person in your office or hospital room. See my first lecture for that discussion. But I often recommend having a reputable pest management company or bed bug specialists come out to the patient's residence. Some of my patients tell me flat out that they can't afford the evaluation, even though some of those same patients, you know, they're still smoking cigarettes and drinking booze and hitting the latest hybrid strain of giggle smoke. And you can educate patients that they can learn what they need to look for, or they can self-educate themselves about it as well as many might be able to find the bed bugs themselves if they put in the time. When they are found, the treatments of the house or the apartment to get rid of them can indeed be a real financial hardship for many. Now, I will admit that in general, rashes are one of my least favorite things in medicine because it can take a few visits to accurately diagnose them. I admit I am no genius when it comes to dermatology or rashes, but I don't believe most people are. That's, that's my feeling in medicine, including a lot of dermatologists who are good at a lot of kinds of rashes, but not all rashes, because they can be very challenging. And in my mind, it's easy to usually come up with half a dozen other potential causes of a rash in most, if not, you know, at least the majority of cases that I see. And yes, when my same patient or family member goes to see two different dermatologists to give an opinion on a skin problem, the variation of etiology and diagnosis can be quite remarkable, but it rarely matters since often the same treatment helps either way, meaning, you know, you just give topical steroids and it goes away or whatever. And like many rashes, it is very easy to suppress bed bug symptoms with antihistamines, topical corticosteroids, which is fine, and initially very helpful, and most patients may indeed be thankful, but unfortunately it won't be a cure. So the first step, if bed bugs are in the differential diagnosis, is to search for them bugs. And that can take some time, which nobody wants to do. Ask people to search for Pokemon all over the continent. It's easy to convince millions to do that. But when it comes to looking for a job or little bed bugs that are causing a rash, people just don't seem quite as eager. However, if someone has a rash, or a rash that's occurring in different places on different days, like the arms and then the neck or wherever, a thorough search is indicated. So again, to summarize, if you're seeing a rash where it seems like there's a lot of bites right in a row, and especially if it keeps happening on different parts of the body, on different days, and you don't have a good explanation for why that's happening, or the patient doesn't have a good explanation for it, you really do need to keep 
bed bugs in mind, and a thorough search is indicated in that situation. All right, so let's leave it with that, with some dermatology, but ultimately I do want to talk a little bit more about how things may manifest in different ways with bed bug bites from a medical standpoint. Uh, some of it's a little speculative, but we'll talk about it. And then I uh, want to talk about treatment and maybe a few other cool things. So this is Dr. Gil Parat, and I will catch you on the next round.